Hallelujah. Well, we're so glad to have you here today. If you're new, we would love for you to fill out one of these welcome papers. They're right in front of you in the seat and go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. We'll take up uh, tithe and offering. So if you have uh, 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 something to give today, you can prep that. If you need a tithe and offering envelope, they're in the chair in front of you. If there's not one there, raise, wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out. But we're uh, glad you are here today as we, um, uh, in essence, continue our, our worship with our giving this morning. How many know that God is faithful? God is always faithful. Amen. And all, all we do in our worship is respond to his faithfulness. We are learning to be faithful Amen. as he is faithful. Is that right? Yes. And we are learning to live life with him in response to his goodness and his grace and all his mercies. Amen. So as you give today, listen, that's just a response to the faithfulness of God. How many, how many of y'all have a story or two or three or four or five how God has provided for you in some way? Anybody? Yeah. So giving is just a response to the faithfulness of God. That We know when we obey the scriptures in our giving that God is always faithful. He's faithful first. And it's always a continued faithfulness in our life. So I'm going to pray over that. And if you have something to give, you can bring it down this morning. Lord, I thank you for an opportunity to come to your house today and spend some time in worship and in a few moments in the word as we give today, uh, Lord, in, in just celebration of your faithfulness, Lord. And we thank you for all of your provision and all the things of our life. That we always can turn to you. You are our Father. You are our God. And you are a good God. And we thank you, Lord, for all the provision in our lives, in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. amen. If you have something, bring it on down today. And as you're doing that, some quick announcements. Uh, today, Joy Fellowship. How many of y'all love Joy Fellowship? Joy Fellowship is the get-together of the older folks in our church. Young at heart. 
right? But uh, 55 and above, but you don't have to be that old to come, right, Bill, Patsy? Everybody's welcome, but it is the, uh, the gathering of that group. It's the group that gets together. So 5 o'clock today, right here, uh, if you want to come, bring a covered dish. If you don't, that's okay, too. They'll still let you come and eat. Um, but if you have questions about it, see Bill and Patsy 5 today, and they always have a good time. They spend some time in the scripture and just fellowship and eat together. So um, that happens usually once a month they get together. So uh, we appreciate Bill and Patsy doing that for us. So that's today. Uh, also, uh, don't forget, coming up, a couple different things. Um, first, August 8th, which is Sunday, 9th of Monday, and 10th of Tuesday. We're, we're having uh, something we call seek and find. How many know it's good to seek after God? And how many know that God responds to our seeking? How many know that? So we're having three nights that we call seek and find. It's a dedicated time of worship and prayer. So we need to be people of worship, and we need to be people of prayer. Amen? So Seek and Find is just a night of dedicated time of worship and prayer. There's no sermon or preaching or anything like that. And it's a time to come in and just be in his presence and just be with him. And, and uh, just maybe things you've been chasing after, things you've been uh, contending in the faith for. It's just time to be able to come and, and do that in an extra way. Um, so each night, it's from 7 to 8.30. It's an hour and a half. There'll be some live worship and, and some different things happening from 7 to 8.30, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. So August 8th, 9th, and 10th. If you want to come out, the church will be open. You don't have to come the whole time. You can come in the middle of it. You can leave a little early, whatever you want to do. But just come. It's just the extra time uh, of, of worship and prayer. So that's August 8th, 9th, and 10th. And then August 11th, we have uh, uh, our, what will become annual ice cream social so that sounds good, right? So uh, ser service that Wednesday night will be a tad shorter, and we'll have ice cream and all sorts of toppings and things like that. So seek and find that Monday, Tuesday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday, ice cream social. And then this is a, a brand new announcement. is August the 27th, 2nd, 22nd, which is a Sunday. We're, we're going to have a, a vision casting day here at the church. So we, we plan on once a year. Um, the service will be a tad shorter. We'll bring in some food, and there'll be a time where we'll cast some vision and talk about some direction for the church, update on finances and all those kind of different things. And since we've been here and remodeling, it'll be time that I can update the congregation about the finances and where we're at with everything. So vision casting day on August 22nd. And then they've been bugging me about this. So after the vision casting day is over, I've been being bugged for a while that people just want to get together and play games and stuff. So what we're going to do is when that's over, if you want to hang out for a few more hours, play some games and whatnot, if you want to know what it is, talk to Samara because she's the one putting it together. and She was the one asking about it. And so, yeah. Did, did you not ask me about it? Okay, so there you go. All right, so that's what happens when you come and say, hey, I'd like to do this. And I say, okay, that's great. Well, psh, there you go. So anyhow, you can ask Samara about that. All right, get your Bibles out. Who brought your Bible to church? I hope you did. Uh, we always put it up on the screen, but it's good to have your word with you. We've been in a series on faith, and uh, we're, we're going to continue it today, but sort of kind of an offshoot of that. Uh, and by the way, um, Wednesday night, uh, I, I appreciate uh, your patience with me that I was not here um, at, the, at the Botkins campus. Uh, the pastor of that church had surgery, and then there were a couple people on vacation, so they asked me to fill in. I found out Monday 
that they wanted me to film Wednesday, but they had said, well, you knew this. I said, I didn't know that. But anyways, uh, thanks for, but I heard Judy did a good job. Is that correct? It gave a good word Wednesday. And uh, by the way, how many of y'all enjoyed the build, building dedication last week? I thought we had a good time and, and all that. So we thank God for this building. And at the end of service today, something that we are all about, we're having some water baptism. Amen. And uh, as a family of faith, it's time we celebrate together. So we encourage everybody to stay afterwards and we'll, we'll take care of some baptisms out front. All right. So if you got your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 31 is where we're going to jump in today. And um, like I said, we've been in a series on faith. And, and definition of faith, you can find uh, that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. But faith ultimately is active belief and trust in God. Trusting in Him, His Word, and everything that He is up to and and. and and all about. So we have faith in God. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we must live a life of active belief. Right? And in that active belief, we trust in God. So how many of y'all trust him? You have, when, you, when you decide to follow Jesus, which salvation should be. So you can say, well, well I'm saved. That's great. Right? It's not just a status. Well, I'm saved. Okay, yeah, you're saved. You're in him. But then what now? Well, there's a life to live. That's discipleship. That's the narrow road. All the different ways scriptures describes it. But you're only really going to live as a disciple and follow him if you trust him. That you trust that his way is the best way. And actually, what we're talking about today will kind of roll into that thought a little bit. But that we trust God. And great faith, as defined in Scripture, is simply believing Jesus at his word. If he says it, I believe it. I believe in him, then what does he say? What is he asking of us? What does the Scripture say? I believe. And at times we deal with hesitation, times we deal with doubt, and these different things that our faith takes us through. We actively believe, and therefore we trust that his way is the best way. And you say, well, that, well yeah, that, that's easy to say that, but when you take your faith and live it out here, you'll be faced with a lot of stuff where you have choices. And it comes down to, do I really believe in this moment, in this instant, in this decision, that his way is the best way? Right? That's the act of belief. That, that's part of faith. So I know we're talking about faith, but I want to do a, a kind of a, a side uh, run off, and then we'll come back to faith maybe uh, pretty soon. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse number uh, 31, let's do that. It says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Okay, this, this is ESV I'm reading out of. And then Paul, Paul is writing this to the church in Corinth, and he just gets done going through the, the church as a body together, one body, many parts, right? And we all have a part to play. And then he's talking about the spiritual gifts that, uh, 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 that are empowered in us by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And sometime we'll come back to that stuff. But then he says right here, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So, so Paul just got done with this whole thing about the body and, and, and the gifts of the Spirit. 
But then in the midst of, of writing about this, to set a tone in the church and the way to live life and be empowered by God, to be an example to the world, then he comes back and said, okay, but let me just remind you about something. I'm going to show you the most excellent way, the NIV says it, the most excellent way. And watch what Paul writes as the most excellent way, chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not what? Love. I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Verse 2, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and watch this, and this is where we're connecting to our series on faith, because we talked about faith that moves mountains. And if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver my body up to be burned, in other words, you give away everything and you, you are a martyr for the faith, but have not love, I gain nothing. This is some strong stuff. Now, I don't know about you. If you're visiting with us today, we're a Pentecostal church. Okay? So we believe in the power of God. We believe in faith that can move mountains. We believe in all the stuff that Paul writes about starting in chapter 12. Right? We believe in that. We stand in it. We pray that way, right? But there is something that we always must remind ourselves about. As a matter of fact, in the church, you cannot teach about love enough. Because you can desire and, 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 and uh, want to do great things for God and impact people and all these different things. But if the base motivation of how you go about it isn't correct, then it's not going to come out right. And the base motivation that we should have in all the things that we should do is what? Love. It is the most excellent way. Now, going on here, what we're going to hear, you hear this a lot at weddings, I think. Uh, and, and about what we're about to read is, is the great passage of scripture on love in the Bible. You hear this a lot at weddings, but it's not talking about a marriage relationship. It is taught, now, does it include marriage relationship? Yes. But this is the general way that believers, those who follow Jesus and believe that, he, listen, that his way is the best way, that we must learn how to live in the midst of the world that we live in. Here we go. Watch this. This is challenging. Verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As a prophecy, they will pass away. Or as tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. That love never ends, the other translations, and love never fails. Now, that is challenging. That if we are really going to live in a fallen world, that everybody knows does not live this way. But this is what we're called to. 
Do you believe that his way is the best way? Do you believe that? I mean, really in your heart. See, here's what I know. Watch. It's easy to talk about this stuff in church because it's very churchy, very Christian-sounding, Christianese, right? And you talk a lot about loving the church or or, um, let's say we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Think about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Think about these words. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's very easy to talk about that stuff in church. You think about the Sermon on the Mount. You start with the Beatitudes and some of the Beatitudes Jesus said, Jesus saying, uh, blessed are the what? The meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are what? Peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Then, then later in the Sermon on the Mount, you see something like, well, guess what? You must learn to love your enemies. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And then later on it says, in this way you will be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. These are not easy things. But do you believe his way is the best way? Now, the witness of Scripture takes us to these kind of things, and this is the way of the Christian life. Amen. Now, here's what I know. Before I go on, let me just say this. And at some point, we'll do a series on the fruit of the Spirit. I'll bring this point up again. Whenever we do and talk about these kind of things, and people start thinking about it. See, it's my job to teach the Word, right? It's your job with the help of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to nuance it out in your life. Correct? How do I live this in the everyday particulars of my life? So whatever happens the rest of the day and tomorrow and the next day, how do I live? Love is patient. It's kind. And and all those things that Paul is writing... Or if you think about the fruit of the Spirit, what Paul writes in the fruit of the Spirit are, are things that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. How do I live these things in the particulars of my life when life isn't easy? Where I'm count, encountering people that are, aren't acting this way. Right? So what happens is when we talk about this invariably, it doesn't happen much, but every once in a super long while, somebody will come to me and say, okay, what about this situation? And now we have a, a hypothetical And often I'll say, I don't know, that's for you to work it out. I can't work that out for you. You have to, in whatever hypothetical you're thinking of, must work it out. But here's what I do know. If we say love is patient, love is kind, all the way that love never fails, and you go, but. And you put a but in Scripture. And I'm talking about B-U-T. Okay, but. You put a but in Scripture. Your but is put in Scripture, right? And you start to nuance out a hypothetical and say, this really cannot work in this. You you see what I'm getting at? Because we want to do that. We like to do that. Because we like to have our reasons for acting the way we act. When maybe the way that Jesus is putting before us may not be the best way in this situation. See what I'm getting at? You have to nuance that stuff out. Whatever your natural response is, why don't you take it to prayer and see what the Holy Spirit would say about it? Because often he will challenge you beyond yourself and how to deal with this when you don't think Scripture can apply to this specific situation. 
And often what we do is, well, what about our place in history today, right now? What's happening around us and certainly our nation, our society? Does this really work? Well, I would testify that Scripture transcends time. And love is patient, love is kind. It works today and is the way of Jesus today as much as it was when Paul wrote it. Now, but let me just say this. If, I think it's, uh, let me jump over here to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me see if this is where I want to go real quick. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Go, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. So, in verse number, oh, let's see, verse number 4. Pick up mid-sentence here. So this is Paul writing another letter to the church in Corinth. Obviously, 2 Corinthians, so it's after 1 Corinthians, but it's something he writes later. Watch this. But as servants of God, 2 Corinthians 6, 4, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. Now watch this. By great endurance, in inflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors, yet are true as unknown, uh, yet well known as dying, and behold, we live as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet may, making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. So in other words, Paul is saying, We've been through a lot, right? But notice right in the middle there, genuine, verse 6, genuine love. So in other words, does it really apply today? Is, is, there, is what we're facing society any worse than what Paul faced? I would challenge you to say probably not a whole lot worse. Look at the stuff that he went through. Yet in the midst, he said, yeah, we still got to be in genuine love. He didn't write this and say, hey, remember what I wrote in my first letter to you, that whole love stuff? Forget about it. Life's too hard now. You can respond in a different way. It holds to even in the midst of the hardships that Paul was facing. So in other words, you can't say, well, life is a certain way now. It's so hard now. We're facing so much now. It canceled out the stuff about love. You won't find that in the scripture. The most excellent way that guides all things and forms all things and is from everything we receive from God is because of what? Love. As a matter of fact, this, this passage, go back to 1 Corinthians 13, and we'll go to, to verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of the three is what? It's what? Oh, I, I got to hear you on this. It's what? Okay, so the greatest of these is love. Now, we should be people of great faith, amen? And we should be people who hold on to hope of things to come, amen? But the greatest of all of it is love. So as Paul said, you can have faith that actually removes a mountain, but if you don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. 
you can go on to give yourself up to be a martyr for the faith because you hold on to the hope of what's to come so much. But if you have not love, it doesn't mean anything. The greatest is love because love is the foundation of our faith. Love is what makes our faith possible. How is faith born in us? Faith is born in us as a response to the gospel, right? Our belief is the activation of faith. But, but how do we even have the gospel? For God so loved the world. He sent his one and only son. Faith is possible because of love. Amen? Hope. The things that we hope for are possible because of what? Love. As a matter of fact, all these things that Paul writes about prior to this in 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Spirit and these things, eventually those will cease and stop. But love never will. Love is the foundation for what God does, the creation itself, everything he does comes from love. So as people who follow him, I think it would make sense to say, well, we need to be people who are people of love. John chapter 13. Let's, let's go to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John is my favorite gospel. It's been called the Maverick Gospel. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, the synoptics, they're, they're very similar. John kind of does his own thing. John chapter 13 and uh, verse number 31. And we have gone out, Jesus said... Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. That's, that's a kind of a dense uh, couple sentences there with a lot of things in it. But 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I will say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Verse 34, a new commandment. Now, is this really a new commandment? No, we, we find this in the Old Testament. But he, he is bringing all these things. Remember, as the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, he's bringing them all to a dovetail right here. A new commandment I give you, to, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Now, you think about that. That's kind of a tall order. That we learn to love one another just as he loves us. You, you let that sink in on you. See, here's the thing about this. It's one thing to know the scriptures. It's another thing for them to get down inside of you, if that makes sense. You know what I'm getting at. You really start to think about, I must learn to love other people the way he loves me. And when that starts to get down in here, you just go, oh, my goodness. That's going to change a lot about me. Change a lot about some of my attitudes, the way I respond to people, the way I, I, I can be snarky. At, I can be snarky. I, the way I can be snarky at people. You know what I'm saying? You know, see what I'm getting at? It, it, it'll change a lot of different how you perceive people, how you may formerly have categorized people by uh, financial status or, or skin color, all these different things that are not of Jesus. You start to see this stuff. You go, oh, my goodness, that's not right to do that. That we love one another as he loves us. And it goes on to say, Jesus says, 
verse 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Okay, so how many of you say, I'm a disciple of Jesus? Let me see who. How will they, when you walk out of this place, Whatever you do today, whatever, if you go to work tomorrow or whoever you encounter, even if you just go to to Walmart, whatever, how will people know that you're his disciple? By how we love. Now, the Bible says, Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe, right? There's power in following. But the, the base... The, the, the way they will most know you, put it that way, think of my words here, is not by your power, but by your love. They will know you more, not because everything you stand up and shout against, but they will know you by your love. See what I'm getting at? See, you can have very good things you stand for and... and, and uh, and, and want to be in, in our society, in our nation, things that are wrong, you want to stand up against it, and that's fine if it comes from the motivation of love in your heart. But if it comes from anywhere else, it may end up being wrong and not right and not representative of who Jesus is. By your love, they will know you and know that you're his disciple. Now, often we want to be known by other things. No, no, no. That they know you by your love. And it's something that grows in you in such a way that they know you by it. Amen. So we're talking about faith and great faith and living a life of faith and all these different things. If we're not growing as people of love, ultimately those things won't matter. Amen. That the world needs people who are representative of who he is in such a way that actually shows who he is. You see? And if we live this life of love, you think about what, what Paul was writing. Love is patient, it's kind, it does not envy, it doesn't, doesn't boast, it's not proud, it keeps no record of wrongs. And all the things that, that Paul is talking about, and we start to live in such a way, then when we do live in power, these signs shall follow. When we do live in such faith that moves mountains, it is done in the right way and representative in the proper way of who Jesus is. Amen. I don't want to be only known for what I shout against and stand up against. Those are fine and dandy, but I want to be known for love. And Lord, help me. I, I just don't want to be known by people who... who believe in the power of God, and we do. But I want to be known by his love and that we are people of love. So in other words, in all the areas of your life, you can't share Jesus and love and be a jerk over here. Those things don't go together. 
whatever you're doing over here should be in the same love that you try to share Jesus over here. Right? You, you can't, you can't, you imagine you're, you're dealing with, with people and, and you're just, how, how you deal with people at the end of how you deal with them, can you say, hey, by the way, can you come to church with me? Will those things line up and be compatible? Well, how you were here, over here, then you're going, oh, oh, may, oh, well, maybe we have a better conversation tomorrow, then I'll invite you to church. How you go about this should lend right into the gospel, before and after. And, and, if, you, and if you have attitudes that, that don't line up, you've got to start changing the attitudes and dealing with the attitudes and dealing with how you approach things. Because the greatest of all of it is what? Love. It's, it's challenging. It's, it's got to get down in you. You need the help of the Holy Spirit to change you. That, that's why the fruit of the Spirit, the very first one, is love. Because it's something that's not natural. The love of God is not natural. It's something that needs to grow in you. Agape love. Agape love is, is the kind of love that, that is affectionate. But it is born in God and of God that grows in us. That happens because your time with him and your prayer and, and your word and seeking after him and believing his way is the best way. And when you face decisions, how should I approach this because I'm a disciple of Jesus? And let life flow from that. Amen? So the greatest of these is love. Are we growing in love? Amen? Are we growing? Are we approaching the life in love? Amen? I hope so. It's how the world will know we belong to him. We're going we're gonna to close out today before our, our, our baptism with communion. And, and uh, the guys and, and gals will bring it out here. The Bible says in Romans uh, chapter 5 and verse number 8, While we were yet sinners, what did Christ do? Christ died for us. But how that verse leads in, it says... For God demonstrated his love for us in this. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. Think about that. How God demonstrated his love for us is this. While we were yet sinners, while we were still lost and living in a way that was contrary to him, his love has shown the fact that he died for us. Amen. This is representative of the body and, and the blood of Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus says it at the Last Supper, and Paul echoes it, to do this in remembrance of him. So if you wish, and, and nobody has to, but if you wish to and want to, you, you may come down and, and get the elements of the communion, take it back to your seat, and we'll take it together. If, if you don't, that's fine. No, no worries. But if you'd like to, you can kind of make your way down here center aisle and kind of filter back out. You may come and, and, and grab the elements and take them back to your seat. We'll, we'll take it together. One of the best ways to, to close out a service that talks about love is, is to partake of communion together and do this in remembrance of him. The Bible says we do this in proclamation until he comes again. We believe this is the table of the Lord. And if you come, you can meet him here. 
if you've been in church for a long time or, or knew the whole thing, that what this represents means everything to us who believe. You guys can leave them out to later. That's fine. Whenever we partake of communion together, it's the highest act of worship that we do that day. Because the songs that we sang, we do them in worship together and, and praise together, celebration. But the two things that we're doing today, communion and then water baptism, are the two sacraments of the church that endure. And they're the two things that, no matter what, I guess, style of church you go to, what denomination, these are things that we do that tread the same path together. They draw us together in him. Amen. And being the highest form of worship because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. We believe Christ died according to the scriptures in our place final sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. And he paid the penalty of, of physical death. The wages of sin is death. He, he paid that penalty with broken body crucified on the cross. Then with that was, was the shed blood. The scriptures say without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Blood being representative of life is in the blood of Jesus that we find the forgiveness of our sins, in which we stand, in which we have new life. Amen. So let's, let's pray over these this morning. Lord, we thank you. For willingly and obediently allowing yourself to be crucified on the cross. All sufficient sacrifice that you literally bodily were killed in our place sacrifice And Lord, there, there's no way that we could ultimately repay you other than to follow you. 
and to live life as, as those who proclaim you and live in you and by you and for you. So, Lord, today we, we remember, we honor you, we praise you, and we worship you for your death on the cross. And as we hold in our hands symbolically of the, your broken body crucified in our place, and we thank you for that and partake of the bread together. Then with broken bodies, shed blood. Blood for our forgiveness. For, for the old song says, what can wash away our sins? Nothing. Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. For the former ways were insufficient, a foreshadowed type of you of what was to come. For you are the fulfillment of all things, and in you we stand. We thank you for the shedding of your blood and the forgiveness of our sins in that. And we partake of the cup together in remembrance of that. Let's partake together. And just, just for a moment before we, we close out, I just want you to take a moment and just thank him for what that has meant to you for your forgiveness, your salvation, for a new life as it is now, but life to come and when all things are made new. Let's just thank him this morning. Lord, we, we praise you today. And we worship you. Lord, for what you have done that we could not do for ourselves, we cannot find salvation without you, we cannot find full forgiveness without you, but we live in you. And we thank you so much for we proclaim that Christ has died, that Christ is risen, and Christ is coming again. We proclaim it, and we proclaim that till you return. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you. For your glory. For your glory. In Jesus' name, and all say, Amen. 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 Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take about five minutes or so and talk to those who are going to be baptized, okay? And, uh, and then after that, we're going to meet out front on, on the grass out here, and, and we're going to celebrate that time together. So I hope everybody stays and, and hangs out for that. So uh, kind of mingle around and, and, and fellowship with some people, then we'll get together outside in just a few moments.